Okay, so uh, here we are, Hobbyplex Show, uh, episode two, officially, our uh, February round. This is where we're going to talk about uh, everything that happened uh, mostly the last month at the Plex, and then we're also going to get into some hobby news and the race results, all that good stuff that we've been doing. Uh, as with me, as always, is uh, Mr. Will Brinton. Hey. He's uh, Mr. Awesome-O at yeah. the Hobbyplex when it comes to uh, mostly off-road racing. Yeah, I am awesome He's awesome <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, today, so uh, we have a special guest. We have the general manager of the Hobbyplex, Mr. Tim Ski. Tim, can you please pronounce your entire last name for us? Uh, hey, uh, it's Tim Shapansky. Shapansky. And I most get, people can't spell that or no, pronounce it, which no. is why you're called Ski. That's right. I get a lot of questions about that. Like, what's that? How do you say that guy's last name? <laughs> uh, ski. Ski. Yeah, it's Ski. Just That's don't it. worry about it. It's Ski. Signed UPS as Ski. I don't even put my name on it. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> Uh, okay. So we got you here. Let's get into your background. Where, uh, where do you come from? Um, how did you get involved with hobby town and then the hobby plex? And then I want to go over like what your main role is now. Okay. I grew up in North Dakota where I started hobby town, but I, st I started playing with RC cars back in the early eighties, had a club up there, raced, did a lot of different stuff. Started hobby town in 94, actually up in North Dakota. And that's uh, at Grand Forks? Grand Forks. Yes. Mm -hmm. What was your first RC car? A Tamiya Hornet. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's usually and, Tamiya cars. And a, and a those of us, foot. those yeah. of us from the eighties, it's always Tamiya cars. Eighty two. Yeah. So there was no RC tens yet. Oh, so uh, yeah. it was Tamiya Foxes and Kyosho. God, you're old. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, did the, the actually the Hobby Town? I put in an application. They came and found me and got me started there in 1994. Uh, worked there for two years. The guy that uh, hired me sold the store and the people that bought it wanted to run it themselves rather than have a manager. So George found me a job in Lincoln at the corporate headquarters in 96. Um, and you were there. federal or not a federal geez, franchise business advisor. Is that what no, you were? That was, they wanted to hire me as that, but I, I basically was coming in to be store manager. That's oh, what okay. I started at. And that was at East park. East park. Yes. They were just actually building the bigger store in East park. It was a, it was a real small store when I got there. Mm. Um, I actually went to Miami that year, 96 in September through January. And when I came back, they had the new store basically worked there for that next year and a half met Ken. Uh, he was up there training at Lincoln and basically, um, I didn't want to be an FBA. I wanted to manage a store and they really wanted me to be the FBA. So basically when I talked to Ken, he said there was a position in Omaha with the store. And just to be clear for our listeners, Ken is the owner. Ken Caitlin, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he might actually be on this show yeah. sometime. He's expressed <laughs> cool. interest. So that would be that would be interesting. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Anyways, so you met Ken. Yeah. He was up there training and basically talked to Tom Walla, who is one of the own, well, president of Hobby Town at the time. Basically said if there was an, you know, any opportunity for me, uh, that he, he could hire me away, basically. Um, and he he had his manager at the Omaha Maple store was moving on. So talked to me and brought me in. So when you worked at the East park store, was it for the guys in Lincoln that listen, was it connected to the movie theater then? Yeah. So do you remember there was a quarter scale F1 car there? What was it? Do you remember what it was? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, okay. It had to be one of those, uh, German ones, right? Okay. Yeah. My friend Andy always talks about that car <laughs> and he want, wants to know what happened to it because he wants it really bad. I got there in 96. And like I said, I went to Miami. Like I got there in July and went to Miami in September. And when I came back, the store was totally the larger store. So everything that was in that small store was gone. Uh, but basically when I, when I got to Omaha here, we, Ken had his maple store 
we started doing uh, on-road racing in the parking lot. And at that time, on-road racing was blowing up, getting way bigger. I mean, we started 10, 15 people and we were getting 70, 60, 70, 80 entries on a Sunday on the parking lot. And basically Ken had the opportunity and he'd been thinking about it for a while to do something bigger. And it came up with the Hobbyplex, basically. Basically, the, the, it was the parking lot racing mm-hmm. at East Park, or not East Park, geez, uh, yeah. at Eagle Run. Yes. It were like old Chicago is, and there yeah. was a Borders. It's now Walmart, mm-hmm. a neighborhood store. And then yeah. there's like a cigar shop next door. Yep. Most of those places were closed during yeah. on Sunday. So we got the parking lot mostly to ourselves. Every once in a while, there'd be some stupid car mm-hmm. parked right in the middle of where our track yeah. was supposed to be. But, I mean, that was the basis. Yeah. Seeing that grow from what it started oh, as. Yeah into what I remember it being there, uh, before the Plex was built, that really, that was a launching point for, for Ken to at least say, okay, I think we can do this. Oh yeah. Cause that, we started doing that in 90, 99 year after I got there yeah. and for three years, it just was growing. Cause I growing remember growing. I, I, you know, I was living on my own then I'd moved out and I, I remember my first touring car I ever bought. I, I bought from, from Eagle run a TC three. DC3, yeah. And I Everybody got that. Those. Yeah. So that was, and then I, but I only bought that after I drove your car a few times mm-hmm. and was like, oh yeah. I probably still is, have pictures of that somewhere. Yeah. I got pictures of it on my phone. I, okay. I look at me and I'm, I was still fat back then. <laughs> <laughs> I always think I'm skinny. And then I look at pictures and I'm like, oh man, I've always been yeah, a that, fat turd. That was really cool getting that going. And then, you know, when the opportunity came for Ken to do the, the Plex, it almost seems unreal now to see what he did, but can you explain a little bit? We might, if we get Ken on, we'll go into this deeper, but the process of finding where to put the Hobbyplex was, was tough because the land yeah. values in Omaha suck. Oh, yeah. They're, they're expensive. Everything's I, expensive. And, and he could, he could tell you a hundred percent this. I, I still think he was, he was actually looking at a, a spot uh, on the other side of the highway next to Walmart. Right. But Walmart wasn't there or right. maybe it was there, but they basically, it wasn't there yet. No, but they bought all that land. They up, bought so all that land. Value went up. Right. So he went to the north side of the highway and got, I mean, we were the first place out there. Yeah. There was nothing. So basically he got a better deal. I mean, basically if you go look at it now, that intersection with Burger King and the gas stations where that newest mm-hmm. gas station is, that's where Hobbyplex was going to be in the beginning. Oh, nice. But when Walmart came in, it's just. That would out. have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of glad we are where we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Walmart's kind of scary yeah. sometimes. It's, I think it, <laughs> it worked out good because of where the location we're at. It's, you know, it is tucked away in there a little bit, but it's, it's, we have our, our own spot there. It right. It's really good. So, uh, so we got racing going the first four years of carpet, mm-hmm. 2004 to 2008. I think off-road didn't really start moving into those pit spots until maybe... Yep. It was probably oh seven, six, maybe seven. Yeah. Yeah. So because when we started, I mean, basically we just had the carpet track inside, of course, and we did on-road and, and oval stuff over the winter times. When you came in, we basically wanted to get some more going for the summer. So having our off-road track out there and everything yeah. was up by the front. But of everything the was up by the front. So everybody yeah. pitted out there. Yeah, they, they they everybody, everyone everything. pitted outside and it was mm-hmm. a pretty traditional outdoor yeah. track. Although I think it was like, I think early on, I don't remember much rain. I, I think the rains mm-hmm. came. We had pretty good luck the first few years. In like yeah. 2008, 2009, we started mm-hmm. getting rained out constantly. Yeah. But I think we were actually in some sort of drought like right away. I remember 05, there was this tower of dirt yeah. uh, from a, from one of those uh, <laughs> dust devils yeah. that came through one time. Yeah. I, I remember the, the droughts because um, 
the Lincoln track used to have the RC Pro Series like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been around then. Oh yeah, and there was water yeah. restrictions and, in Lincoln. And yeah. it was at the track was on first and Cornhusker. And I was just I didn't have a car to race. I was just out there, stupid kid helping. And like, oh, somebody let me drive your car, please. You know, and uh Jamie was watering the track and the track was on First Street and Cornhusker Highway. And it was like odd number of streets could water one day and Mm -hmm. even numbers could water a different day. And, um, well, was it on first street or corner So Jamie kept watering the track for the race and the police actually came. They said, we we saw you here watering yesterday. You can't water today. And he said, well, the track's on first street or corner And today it's on this one. And, uh, <laughs> and he just kept doing it, kept watering the track. He's like, what are you going to do? Arrest me for watering the track? <laughs> anyway, I just remember the droughts then. Yeah. So where are we at? Let's see. We know uh, that. So that's your background. The Hobbyplex, the Hobbyplex wouldn't be around without you. Yeah. I and mean, that's pretty clear. Getting the on-road going was the, the start of everything. Right. And then uh, get into your main goal or main, not goal role right now. Like you're, you're officially well, now general manager. Right. I'm officially general manager. That means I basically have, you know, many jobs. <laughs> Main one is overseeing everything. Um, I still have the, you know, race director role as we do Wednesday night racing and any on-road racing and dirt oval stuff, but still, you know, inventory stuff in the store and just general managing in the store. So, I mean, it covers everything. So basically like if, if somebody and this doesn't happen very often because we're a pretty good store, but like, let's say, let's say a Karen comes in and she wants, you know, you know, she wants to return a truck she's had for a year and a half mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to listen to me anymore mm-hmm. or a Kyle could be a Kyle too, Karen or Kyle, either one. And, uh, and they just, they're, I'm not good enough for them. I get to defer to you. Yep. I'm the bottom line. Right. <laughs> But like I said, it doesn't happen very often. No, it's absolutely no refunds. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was probably one of the better Christmases I can yeah. remember for as busy as we were. Yeah. I don't remember any problems at all this yeah. Christmas and all. It's been very rare. Yeah. I mean, we do a good job taking yeah. care of everyone and, you know, everyone knows what's going on. So, yeah, we had one lady. So we have these display trucks on the floor with no cars in them. Yeah. We had one person. We were worried about it, but we didn't think it would actually happen. And somehow it slipped through where she was able to yeah. bring that box up to the front, have it rang up and she walked out the door without a car in it mm-hmm. and they didn't find out about it until Christmas day. Yeah. No, Christmas. yeah. The it's the worst. Mm-hmm. And she, then her poor little kid wrote a letter to Santa, mm-hmm. like asking if, if, if it was a mistake. <laughs> and then she like brought the letter to us mm-hmm. and uh, trust me, we took really good care yeah. of her. She, yeah. she, <laughs> she got extra extra coverage oh, yeah. there. Cause we were like, Oh, we were, we, we're, we were actually, we were actually open. hoping that it was just somebody who thought they were being slick yeah. walking out the door of the car and it yeah. wasn't a car in it. But again, she was well taken care yeah. of. She's been back several times. She's yeah. all happy. That's great. <laughs> yeah. But that was rough. Cause we were like, yeah. Oh, we're going to find out yeah. the day after Christmas. I was on high anxiety there. Yeah. I we took, I took extra anxiety. Hoping meds. to find it before, but sure enough, it happened after yeah. Christmas. So what a Christmas story. Oh, it's a Christmas story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of those hobby Christmas stories. <laughs> so, okay. So that's it. So background, uh, how we got the Hobbyplex started is pretty good, pretty even story. Um, yeah. we know your main role now. So you, you organize the carpet mm-hmm. uh, and you organize, uh, the dirt oval racing. Mm-hmm. Um, my side's mostly off road. I race on road. It's fun. Uh, but, uh, everyone should, yeah, everyone should race on road. I used to race on road. Yeah. You, you should, you should come yeah. out. Yeah. You and Dustin can hang out. I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah. Dustin's all right. Yeah. We like problems. Dustin. 
I guess my last question is be what, what do you see going forward? Like what's, what's in the future? Are we going to do Nats again? Is there, uh, is there anything that you'd want to do that we haven't done yet? I don't know. I think I can't, the biggest thing, at least for me, for the on-road side that I, that I take care of, I want to try to get more bigger stuff going. We haven't had it for a while. We kind of, it went down a little bit um, when the off-road took, you know, took off. Oh nine, we had the Nats and it kind of went upward from there with right. the short course and everything we haven't had a, a big on-road race in a while, you know, would you like to see, it's, it's hard to, to get companies to, to agree, but there really is no ready to run option for on-road racing. There isn't. No, I, I thought maybe the Fortec 2.0 yeah. could, but it's way it's, too fast and the tires yeah, that come with it are yeah, terrible. Yeah. I mean, it, some places do it and it works good. I can see know? it on parking lot. Yeah. But, but not on carpet. It's, you know, the closest thing we have, which it's not ready to run is the Tamiya stuff just because it's less expensive. And know? that's and really helped get oh, honored yeah. going again. I, for those of the listeners that haven't been in the Plex or, or checked on our honored race results, on road has been really yeah. good the last at yeah. least two years. I think having the Tamiya yeah. um, Nats yes. helped with that a lot, but yeah. having the TTO2 mm-hmm. beginner class has helped because you can buy a car that you still have to build. And, and yeah. that's a good thing. Yes. People need oh, to yeah. build their cars. I think if you're going to race, you should probably build your cars, but people can get a TTO two set up for about $300. Oh yeah. Everything mm-hmm. you need in the truck class too. It's the same. Yeah. Same truck class is even cheaper. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And they're not very fast and they don't break that much. No, but the TTO ones are pretty durable. There's a couple hop ups you need to buy every once in a yeah. you know, Like if you're going to get a TTO two, you should definitely get front universals. Yeah. Those are the drive shafts, basically. Yeah, universals and, you know, depending on which car you get a bearing set, and that's pretty much what you need. Yeah. But uh, it would be nice to see some sort of ready-to-run yeah. something. Oh, yeah. But it just hasn't seemed to happen yet. But it would be nice, you know, if there was a car that could be durable and fairly inexpensive, a lot like a Slash 4 carpet. Right, yeah. And then, like you said, that everyone kind of thought that would be that way with the Fortec, and it, it does in some places. I mean... But it is, I mean, if it's pretty quick for what it is and you want something a little slower for someone to get started. Was there ever that? Was there ever a ready to run turnkey? Well, there was a ready to, there was a ready to run TC3. Yeah, yeah like, I remember that. Yeah. I had one. HP, I mean, HPI had some. HPI, uh, yeah. Was, yeah, I mean, the Sprint RS42. 2. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when we started touring car stuff, that's when I was working in Lincoln. It was mid-90s. They had a ready to run Triple XS. Yeah, Triple XS yeah. was yeah. good. You, I mean, you had off the cars. They were ready to run touring car stuff. That's where it all started from. I mean, I could see why there isn't one right now because yeah. it seemed, it seemed like to me, it seemed like on-road on-road racing went really, yes. really specialized. Yep. And I think that's a danger that we're always facing in off-road. And I think that's a danger we face in dirt oval, especially mm-hmm. I think any form of our racing that we do, if you get more and more and more specialized, yeah. it's harder to get, to get new people to come into it. Oh yeah. When you look at the, just the overall cost, I mean, even, you know, on the on-road side, we'd look at Trans Am for example, and you can't do Trans Am with the TTO2 or TTO1 chassis because they're, they're spec or fixed gear. So yeah, you can, even to do anything for the inexpensive class, it's, you're going to spend twice the amount you would for a TTO2 right. at least just to get going. And that's, you know, out of reach for a good percentage of the people that want to just try it. You don't want to yeah. spend $700 to just try it. Uh, so let's get into some hobby news. I wanted to get into this right away. Our local drivers participation in the Reedy race. Yeah. Uh, so the Reedy race is this uh, big shindig they have every January at, in California, usually 
uh, well, the last, let's see, it's 2020. So it'd be the last six years. It's been at OCRC, mm-hmm. which is a very popular, um, very well-known racetrack in Southern California for off-road racing. The Reedy race always happens on Mike Reedy's birthday. Mike Reedy was kind of a pioneer in RC car racing. He was a motor guru and uh, him and uh, Gene Husting and those guys started uh, team associated. So um, he passed away a while back, um, early mid two thousands and the Reedy race was kind of revived. It kind of, kind of died off there for a little while because electric off-road was not doing too well uh, in the, in the two thousands because of, you know, on road and eight scale, but now it's back and it's been back, I think since 2011. Yeah. Right? It's been pretty hot and heavy. We had, yeah. we had the Nats in 09. That's kind of when it started. Yeah. When up short course came out and that's yeah. what revived it really. Yeah, pretty much when the slash dropped, that's mm-hmm. when electric yep. and scale off road. Yeah. Was yep. Big again. So, um, every year we see some locals go, I think this, this was a really good year though. Um, Will and I have been there. Uh, we went there and we went to the first year it was at OCRC. Which is 14. Yep. Because I was at West Coast in 13. Yep. And then I went last year. Yeah. Yep. And then this year, so you had Aiden Olson, who works for us. He's a local. He's a TLR sponsored local. Yep. Um, and he works for us. Mitchell Pavel went and he's um, uh, he's a local. Mugen, I thought. he's a, Yeah. He's sponsored by Mugen, but he's just a local fast kid. He's been with us since, I think before we went indoor, I think right before we went indoor, they were, they were yeah. racing yeah. the whole entire family, Bryson, Nick and, uh, and Mitchell, but you know, Mitchell's put in the work and he, he can put a hot lap out, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Aiden and him finished first and second in the 2016 under 15 stock, uh, category, um, right in front of Emerson. Yeah. And they always seem to be in the same heat, which is exactly <laughs> what happened this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Owen, uh, it was Aiden Mitchell and Owen Vanderbeek. I know we're at least in the same four wheel drive heat at the Reedy race, which I thought was really funny because you go all the way there and they yep. end up running the same people. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Vanderbeeks, Alex and Owen, yeah, James Nelson from Des Moines mm-hmm. and, uh, Alex and Owen are, uh, are locals. I consider them locals cause they've raced with us now, uh, at least for the team associated summer series, the last since, since it's been sponsored by team associated, which yeah. I think was 2014. Yeah. And they were coming before that. They're coming before that, of course, but Mac is their dad and he's the regional team associated uh, team manager as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so his kids are always going to be fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just breeds speed. Just breeds them out. <laughs> um, and We're then you had beat by Owen I know, next year too. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> then you had uh, Tom Rennernecht and Mason and Caden Fullers. Yeah. And Tom was in the invite last year cause he made the main at the Nats. Yep. And then Mason hasn't made the A main yet at the 10 scale Nats, but I think that'll change soon. I think so. And, uh, he came really close to winning two wheel drive last year. Tom, Alex, and Mason were all in the A mains for four wheel drive and two wheel drive, uh, open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Reedy race is divided into, into, uh, open and then invite. So the invite class are basically they invite the top drivers in the entire world. Mm-hmm. This year didn't have as much international. Well, they said that, but like mm-hmm. the only ones I can think we were missing were say like Renault Savoya and uh, maybe David Ronafalk wasn't there, but you had Lee Martin and you had um, that super fast kid that Huna. Yona. Right? Yona. Yona yeah. Hattinen. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, they had some internationals there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I, d- I think, I don't know if I'd heard this, but I don't know if it's true or not. So I don't even know if I should say it, but the invite now to be in the invite, they're take, they only have eight 
Is that right? There's yeah. only eight in each heat now. Right. There was and, 10. And I noticed that this year there's only eight. And so to get into the invite and on a, like on like for our like national standards, I thought, I thought that they you had to only, make the A main at the Roar Nats. Right. But I think now they only take the top six. Oh, really? I heard that. I don't know if it's true though. But they also include any previous Reedy race run, winner. So yeah. if, if Cliff Lett suddenly wanted to yeah. come and race <laughs> the Reedy race, he could. Yeah. Or uh, I mean, Barry Baker ran the. Yeah. And he's a previous Reedy and race I, winner. Yeah. Um, and then you had, um, and then I think for all the other blocks that are out there. So there's these different regulating, uh, like roar is ours, but you have Ephra and Femka and uh, Fama. They take the top guys from those and invite them. And so you had this pool of drivers. Well, in the open class is a, is a lottery system. So like yeah. 700 people sign up and only a hundred get taken. However, if you made the a main, at the previous year in any of the open classes, I think you're guaranteed a spot in the open class. Right. Yeah. I so, believe that's So true. Mason and Alex were in there regardless. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they get invite for next year then to the invite no, class? No, they're not the invite, the open class. Yeah. Open. So they, they get, they get to come back and participate in the open. Okay. If you win the open, you get oh, in the invite. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, Tom Rennernect won forward drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's in the invite next year, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Aiden Horn. Is it yes. Aiden? Yeah. Aiden Horn. Aiden Horn won two wheel drive. Yeah. Pretty much smoked him. If I remember right. He, yeah. He did. Really, I, I want to say he won both mains. Yeah. But I'm not sure. And so he's in again. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, like I said, there, if you look at the A main of open, it was a pretty stacked Midwest field. Yeah. yeah. Really. I mean, if you look at, um, who's the other kids that were in there? You so say you had the horns. Mm hmm. And then the kid from the East Coast, uh, oh gosh, Anthony something, something. Yeah, right? I don't know. Who <sighs> I can't remember his name yeah. now. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Right. The point is, is that it's nice to see our area represented well. Yeah, I, I would, yeah, I would say that, you know, because they come, they come here so often. I mean, Tom prepares for races at our track. Right. So and it works out. And he's a previous summer series champ. Yeah. As well as Mason. Mm -hmm. And Mason's a previous winter series champ too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You're never going to see like, like, I think I made a, a Facebook post where I'm like, hope, you know, good luck you guys, but you're never going to see us go online and be like, ha ha ha, Hobby Plex is the best. Look at us, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but since we're on the podcast, I just like say that, that those guys all race here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they do, you know, uh, during the summer series. Yeah. Especially yeah. during the summer series. Mm -hmm. So anyways, so I thought that was pretty good. And maybe one day uh, I'll be able to go back to the Reedy race with Emerson and see how we can do too. But, yeah. uh, Emerson doesn't care. Like if he got into the Reedy race, he'd be like, Oh, that's freaking cool. We're going to California. And it'd be like, yep, that's all he'd care about. He'd want to go to the beach. He yeah. wouldn't really care about yeah. racing that much. So, so more hobby news, uh, some new releases, uh, I want to get uh, in the coming pipeline and, and ones that we have. So we got the B six twos. Yeah. That was quick. Oh, Cause yeah. they were announced before our last podcast or after our last podcast. And we got them in, uh, Friday yeah. and sold them right away. I think they're all yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Derek bought one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he drove my car and he was like, all right, I got to have one of these. And, uh, yeah. And I, I got mine. Mine's already built my dirt one. And then I got the parts to update my carpet car. I, I actually just updated it before racing. So it's like already a point two. Nice. So, what did they upgrade? Um, the chassis. Well, the, the chassis I had on my car was the original B6 chassis. And so that one was the 0.3 mm. millimeter longer already, but I have the production, like yeah. the, the associated one that comes in the 0.2 kit now. Okay. And then the rear arms that I was running was the 74 rear arms and um, some other drive shafts uh, to run the 69 millimeter drive shafts. 
and I pretty much just put on the production parts on my car. What else? Uh, so we got the S, the new SCX 24, are they Fords? Chevys. They're Chevys that came out. So there's a new body for the SCX 24s, the previous Jeep version and the previous deadbolt version we couldn't keep in stock. Yeah. We'd get them in. They were gone. And then they'd yeah. sell. Yeah. Especially right around Christmas time. So, uh, the Hobbyplex has ordered a lot of those and, uh, the, I think they're only 119 bucks, which yeah. is one of the reasons why they're doing so well. Yeah. It's possible in the near future, there might be a little area for the micros to run on at the Plex. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. But I got to see how much time I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I already built the, the, the 10 scale course and the 10 scale course gets a lot of action. Um, I'd have to find a place that would be suitable to put it. That wouldn't be in the way of something, yeah. but I've been thinking about it, you know, yeah. something cool. What's the, the train um, scenics? Yeah. Stuff. That's yeah, the, the woodland stuff. scenic stuff. Woodland yeah. scenic stuff. Yeah. yeah. Make use of the train stuff. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I was thinking about doing that with the 10 scale because they've got, oh, they've yeah. got the, uh, the plaster cloth. Mm-hmm. So you could make terrain with that. I always yeah. thought that that'd be something we could do. Just running water in there or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like Trail. a fountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a running river. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to like, what is that? The buffet, the golden corrals that oh, have yeah. that chocolate waterfall <laughs> thing. Chocolate Just go steal that thing and use that. <laughs> Let's see what else. There's that new protoform uh, Vittoria body. Oh, yeah. What does Vittoria stand for, Tim? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I thought it, it looked that, Italian to me. As soon as that was announced, my phone was blowing Dude, up. There was I'm, like everybody looking for I'm that body. I'm getting that body. That body is <laughs> sick looking for my USGT car. Yeah. Especially since I, I ruined my GT body anyways. Um, I wish Jay Concepts would make a USGT body, but they don't have one. Uh, they just have a touring just car. Just touring, yeah. Vittoria sounds like a name for a 2021 child. <laughs> it's it's probably something they made up to make it look Italian, I yeah. suppose. Well the paint job's Italian. Yeah. It looks like a Ferrari flag. Yeah. I oh, guess. That's cool. If you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> and then uh so finally with new releases, we're definitely gonna get these in. Uh Element RC today just announced uh independent front suspension conversion oh, kit for cool. the for the Element RC uh trucks. So the Enduro and the Trailwalker. They have an independent independent front suspension. So they have this bumper that comes up. It kind of looks like a short course bumper. And then they have these shocks and they're they're on arms, A-arms, regular A-arms. Like trailing arm or in the front? I think I think the rear is still trailing, but in the front it'd be independent suspension. I don't know. I have to go back and look at the pictures, yeah. but I think that's what it is without without wasting time looking through my phone. Yeah. But that's we're gonna sell buttloads of those. Yeah. Um, everything's solid axle in the front now. So everything's solid axle yeah. in the front. I, the only thing that I saw was now it'll sit lower, but I was watching some of the video today and my goodness, it's got a lot of suspension travel articulation. Yeah. So it still had, it'll still be able to crawl stuff, especially with a locked front mm-hmm. diff, but it's just a suspension will be. So it's yeah. going to, it's going to be really interesting to see how well those things crawl as opposed to the standard. Yeah. You could keep the tires better on the ground. I would think so. It, yeah. Instead of going. Yeah. You know, Instead of having it uh, three wheels sometimes yeah. because you yeah. run out of uh, shock length or whatever. Yeah, That's about it for uh, uh, for new releases in the hobby news. Now a topic I wanted to get to, and I'm looking at the time and I think we got enough time to get through it. But uh, I did want to talk because it's, it's a Hobbyplex show. So we're not all, or, all RC oriented, but like you said on the first episode, be aware Will and I are both RC enthusiasts. So <laughs> it'll mostly be car stuff. But I did want to talk about the new drone regulations proposed from the FAA. Yeah. Tim and I can, can, can attest to this when those, the first salvo of drone regulations came down where we had to register sales of drones went yeah. 
went down. People were scared. They did not want to buy them anymore. I mean, we used to sell Horizon Chromas, Mm -hmm. 350QXs. We we'd try to get in DJI stuff, but we never make any money on it, so we really yeah. don't do it anyways. But those all went away, like within yeah. a couple months. They were all discontinued. Nobody wanted anything to do with them yeah. because they 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 weren't under what is it fifty five grams or whatever yeah, it is. That's what it was, yeah, half a pound, and uh, they didn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. So the drones we carry now are mostly under that threshold. But the problem that this is, and and so I'm I I've been a member of the AMA mm-hmm. now for a couple of years, and. I get emails from them and basically the way, the, what, what it boils down to is the new regulations again, don't exclude hobbyists. So they have this proposed rule for remote ID. So all, all everything unmanned yeah. aircraft are supposed to have, well, it's not going to happen yet. Cause they have this, this, they haven't decided on it yet, but from what I've read, all aircraft are going to be required to have this technology in it that makes it, uh, so that they can broadcast where they are at all times. Mm. And if you lump hobbyist airplanes into that, oh, it, yeah. the cost of it would skyrocket, yeah, I would easily. think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it would just, it would annihilate the airplane sales. You'd triple the cost of everything probably. And Yeah. So I looked at it, I, I read through everything, and it, they're going to have these zones where you're not required to have to have your broadcast signal or whatever. Like so flying field or something. Right. And they're going to use like it sounds like they're going to use currently used flying fields. Like, like Omaha's field would be excluded from this rule. The problem is the sales of it wouldn't. So if you bought your apprentice, which right now goes for, what is it? Gosh, what are you? $300. Yeah. 300, 299 or 329, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If they're, if they make it so that those are required to have this remote ID stuff on there, that could turn into a six, $700 airplane. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, it would Yeah, I mean you're talking GPS. Yeah. Yeah. All yes. all all time GPS. Yeah. And that's just stupid. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's got to be a, a sense uh, you would hope, but it's government so you never know. No. <laughs> but um basically AMA has on their site they have links to where um you can go to this notice of proposed rule on on the web on the yeah. FA's website and actually like comment on it. And they have these standardized forms that you can just follow to do the same thing. Yeah. And basically they want as many people as they can heard. The problem that I see is that for the most part, they've asked for this on every single regulation they've had come out and yeah. they've basically ignored the public yeah. no matter what. So what is the reasoning for this? It's what, a, what happened to make them need this? Well, see, there's a lot of conspiracy theories that I've been hearing in the store. And part of it is they, they think that this is going to be a way f- to get, um, to clear the lanes for like Amazon delivery. Okay. Well, that would make sense. I wonder how many midairs they have with like a quadcopter, or like a, a drone air quotes, uh, like with the commercial airline. It's not that much. Yeah. So. It really isn't that much. And uh, I read an article that said that a lot of the, a lot of the claimed, you know, run-ins or almost run-ins or whatever were false. Like it was birds. Mm -hmm. So I don't really think it's that much provable ones, but, but it's just like what happened with this stupid drone thing in, in Western Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, There was an article the other day. And of course this wasn't reported on that said that most of those sightings were bull. Like most of them were like Venus and actual airplanes. Like there wasn't an actual like cluster of drones running in in a a thing that it was just, it was just people didn't know what they were looking at. And that channel, like channel six did a, 
<laughs> ran a I story. That, yeah. I was watching it live and they were like, oh my God, there's one right there. And I look and they they like zoomed in on it and you could see it was a the, twin yeah, prop airplane. <laughs> clear as day and the reporter's like that's so low and it's it's a drone it's amazing and you ever i bet you it. every single person that knew about airplanes was staring at that screen going oh my god how can you be so stupid yeah <laughs> like it's just like any anytime you have somebody trying yeah. to comment on something or make yeah. even more dangerously make a news report about something they have no idea well, what they're it, talking about the funniest thing about that too is where they were at, they were in Sarpy County. Well, what do you think is in Sarpy County? There's a freaking off at Air Force yeah. Base right there where they land airplanes. <laughs> like, of course you're going to see low flying airplanes. Yeah. Like, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> so anyways, so uh, at first I read this and I thought to myself, this isn't going to be that big of a deal because it's not going to affect if you're, if you're an yeah. actual flyer flying at an airplane or as, as it is right now, if you're just a dude and you've got some land out in the boonies and you want to fly yeah. an airplane, yeah. nobody's going to call the cops at you because you're flying yeah. your airplane or your drone yeah. out over your, your own land. So I don't, I don't think any of these rules are going to be followed by some farmer out in the middle of Nebraska doing, you know, yeah. with, with yeah. 600 acres or something like that. But what, what could hurt it is the price of the stuff that yeah. we buy and sell could greatly be affected if this rule goes into place the way I think I read it. Yeah. If they go to that extreme yeah, that everything extreme. has to be covered. I mean, even in the stuff that's happened in the past that has gone away for the most part. I mean, most of the drones you had to register and it, it, I mean, if it's below the, certain, I mean, honestly, I've no, I haven't registered yeah, any of my no. planes, even though I'm supposed to, but no, I, mean, I mean, what's going to happen? The cops going to come yeah. to my door because I was flying at Omaha. I mean, you're at a designated area. So even if you go by what they're trying to do now, you're, you're in a space that they're, they're not worried about, even though, if they sales say that everything has to have some sort of transponder or something in it, again, the cost is going to go up. Yeah. Even if you don't need to have it, it's going to be. In so there. I think the argument from the AMA standpoint has been that they want to, I don't think, well, they have a problem with the rule, but they wouldn't have a problem with the rule if it was on the consumer side to put that stuff in their right. airplane. Yeah. yeah. Then it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Because it would only be necessary for certain, certain stuff, you know, even now with, with the, the drones, it's if they're using them for commercial use or something along that right. line, they have to be registered. Anything else, it's... Yeah, and the, it would be definitely... T the commercial yeah. use of drones would yeah. definitely take a hit from this rule, period. Yeah. So because yeah. they're using usually something bigger, you know? Yeah, so um, basically, you know, we're going to have uh, the president of Lomahawks, Rick Sessions, in here. I asked him to come in for the March show. Cool. So next month. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll talk about this some more, and I'm sure... And yeah. You'll definitely hear an opinion yeah. from, from that side of things, for mm -hmm. sure, when we get it in. But... Uh, I just wanted to cover it because it's something new is, is, is some real hobby news. Yeah. If you, if you are really interested in it, you should definitely go to the AMA's website and, uh, and click on their links for, um, how does, how to like, um, get a hold of your representative yeah. or directly to the FAA site for mm -hmm. this, for this, what do they call it? Notification of proposed rule. Yeah. And you can actually comment on it. So let's get into some Hobbyplex race results. Shall we? Yeah. This is a fun part of the show. <laughs> On road, since we got Tim here. So, Tim, I uh, took the liberty of trying to find <laughs> our point series. And I have a question for you yes. because it's very important to me. Um, <laughs> how many drops are there? Uh, for the winter series? Yes. One. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang it. It's a six race series and you get one one drop. Oh, man. So that means I'm out. Well, maybe. Yeah, I'm totally out. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've missed two now. Okay. Well, that's cool. You know, that's fine. I'll just 
Maybe I'll try to win out the rest of them. If the Kansas City yeah. guys don't come up, if they come up, then I'll try to get yeah. third. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking at 17.5 uh, 12 scale. Yeah. Is. Should be. I think it's John, John Peck. John Peck is leading that point series. Yeah. And John Peck is a racer that's been around for a very long time. Yeah. Um, he normally races eight scale on road. Yeah. And uh, when I ran the Nats in Lincoln, I know he TQ'd 40 plus, or I guess down there it was 50 plus yeah. on road. Cause they, they the on road eight scale guys yeah. keep changing the yeah. age to keep certain people out of racing in the, uh, yeah. in the masters quote unquote class. So, uh, so he's on top of 12 scale. Um, it honestly doesn't look that close the rest of the way, as long as he keeps showing up. But Mike Clement, who's also yeah. been around for a long time. I remember racing him with 10 mm -hmm. with touring car. Uh, Jason Schald is third. Then you got Craig Moline, Josh Halty, Kobe, Cody, is it Kobe Crow? Kobe Crow. Yeah. And Kobe's one of the guys that's using a 75 megahertz yeah. radio, isn't he? Yeah. It's strange to see that antenna on a radio. That's freaking awesome. Anymore. <laughs> and then Z, Z is eighth. And then that looks like Ben, uh, Fenton, and then Will, and then you got a couple guys who've missed a couple, yeah. so it might not work. Yeah. Uh, Formula One. I have a question for you. How come you're not winning Formula One? I'm not running Formula One. Well, you've run it twice. Well, yeah. But Dustin Gochnauer yeah. uh, is winning Formula One. He's been uh, he pretty dominant in F1. He works a couple couple days a week for us sometimes. Yeah. And uh, is that a Yokomo that he's running still, or did he change? Ooh, I think he's running an X-ray. X-ray. Oh, that's like, right. So. It is an X-ray now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Craig Moline second. Uh, Vishal Singh, who's been getting better and better is yeah. third right now in F1 and uh, his stuff always looks really good. Yeah. He's usually fast. Uh, Euro truck has 22 different yeah. racers in it and Ken McKenney is leading the way in Euro truck. Yeah. He's usually pretty fast. It's usually D Kenny, Dustin and Tony usually at the top. And that's three who the that. top three is yeah. right now in yeah. the series. And it's weird because I don't see Vishal in here. I've seen him. He Vishal's got his, a fast one. Yeah. He bought his truck late. So he probably missed the first couple. Okay. So yeah. And then, TCS spec, which is our, our cheaper class. Yep. So this is that mm -hmm. TTO two we were talking about earlier. Yep. We can get into it fairly cheap. Yep. What, and the rules on that are you can't well, basically the, the class that we run is kind of a, a conglomeration of anything with a TTO two chassis. Okay. There are guys running the GT pro spec rules, which is a brushless. And there are guys running the brush motor. When you, it, when you run them together, the brush motors probably have a little bit of performance advantage on the straightaway where the brushless cars probably have the advantage on the infield. So it kind of evens itself right. out. So Bob Hamilton is dominating. Yeah. That class. Yeah. He's got three TQs and wins. It looks yeah. like he and Matt, Matt, uh, Ebner Matt Ebner the second. Two. Yeah. They've, yeah. they've won all the races. And then there's a big, big gap yeah. to third, which yeah. is our own Nate Anderson. Yeah. Who, uh, um, uh, works for us a few days a week. He also now runs his dad's. Uh, yeah, Andy's lawnmower shop. Yep. What is it called? Andy's, Andy's Motown. Yeah, and that's in Blair. Blair. Yeah. So if you need a lawnmower or a snowblower or a snowblower <laughs> or a chainsaw, yep. go to uh, Andy's Motown. Yes. And that's in Blair. So look it up on Google and yeah. buy from buy from Nate. He's uh, um, we want to see him be successful there. Yeah. So that class also has twenty two racers in it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, if we move on to, uh, USGT touring, which is pretty much the fastest class there. Yes. I mean, I, tw I guess 12 scales probably faster, yeah. but if you're looking at touring cars, yeah. uh, USGT is definitely faster. Uh, Gokenauer is winning that one. Um, Mike Clement is second and Vishal Singh is third. I've definitely seen Vishal Singh get better and better the oh, last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Mike Clement's always been fast in touring car. Everything. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were racing 19 turn back in the day, mm -hmm. back when I won the 
the winter series in 2005 <laughs> with a ni- in 19 yeah. turn. You know, he was right on my tail the whole time. Looks like Ken McKinney's fourth and Dennis Redden's fifth. You move down the line, there's 21 different races. No, 23 yeah. different racers in USGT. Yeah. USGT has been popular this year. And finally, Vintage and it's Tony Cook. And it looks like he's just dominating. Yeah, he's he's always fast. If he if he hasn't won, it's because of bad luck. And he pulled a 10-5 on Wednesday. He, had the, yeah. he outdid our fast laps by like three-tenths of a second in USGT. Yeah. So he's definitely got some speed. Yeah. So that's good to see uh, on-road. I mean, it looks in general really healthy. Yeah, it's yeah. been, I mean, basically with the, the Tamiya stuff going on the last couple of years, that's really brought a lot of people in with the spec classes and the truck classes. But I think uh, the big change we made last year was getting black carpet for the first time. Well, yeah. You know, that helped a lot in getting some of the other classes going back again. Yeah, the Tamiya stuff has been the, well, like been F1. the key. Like yeah. F1 needs a black oh, yeah, carpet. Yeah. Yes. F1 was pretty tough to drive on yeah. the gray carpet. Yeah. It, took, it took a while for the tires just to heat yeah. up enough to... I'm kind of curious too, because the Tamiya series, the, the tire that they're, they have been using is gone. It's mm. discontinued. So I don't know what they're using yet for the new tire. So we're hoping that something's going to be more suited to the black carpet. And then Wednesday has been really good. Uh, oh, we've yeah. had con- usually 30, 40 entries. On oh, Wednesday easily. Nights, yeah. Pretty yeah, easily. Yeah. I mean, um, t- I can tell by the time we get done. If yeah, it's, if it's before 10, it's a slow night. If it's after 10, it's a good night. <laughs> So techno series coming up this weekend and, uh, round five, it's round four. We only do five, five rounds. rounds. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, 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 I can't believe it's round four. Record last time. Wasn't it for, we had 200 entries. So we, we, we did the show before that. And then that Friday and Saturday we had exact, actually we picked up another inch. We had 201 entries when it was all said and done. (laughs) That's the most we've ever had for a techno series before that. It was like 180. Also, that's the most we've had for an eight skill race period, period. Yeah. In a long, for a one day race. No, ever. <laughs> yeah. Because the J concepts race, I remember <clears throat> the biggest turnout we ever had for that was in the one eighties. Yeah. We never got over 200. So we actually had in, we got done in one day mm-hmm. more entries than we have gotten done on a weekend race. Like the, the old uh, J concepts yeah. spring Nats. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah. We started racing at 1030 and we were done we were done at 11 with long mains. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. One of the reasons why it was so long is because you're, you got two half hour mains. Yeah. Two half hour mains and a 20 minute nitro main. Yeah. And then you've got the rest of the, the lower mains in there. So, but uh, Jared Tebow came up mm-hmm. and uh, he, uh, I believe he won e-buggy yeah. and then it was Seth and Mason, Seth Van, uh, Van Dalen and Mason. And then I, I'm trying to get my, my techno series stuff up here on my phone, but if I'm not mistaken, it was, um, Van Dalen winning, uh, nitro buggy Tebow, Tebow getting, was second, Tebow second. And then it was, uh, Jared, Wh- no, uh, Colin Weatherholt got third. Yeah. That's what it was. So Colin Weatherholt, man, he came all the way from, I think he's from Western Indiana wow. to come race with us. And he's never been here before. And, and I've known Colin and his dad, Mike, and I've known his brother, Derek Weatherholt for a super long time. So it's really awesome to see those guys come. Yeah. Looked like he had fun. He's a Mugen driver. So his, I mean, I like Mugen cars. So it was nice to see um, somebody else running that and going fast. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see that they came for the first time and had a good experience. Yeah. So hopefully we, they come back, you know? Yeah. And then we had a buttload of Colorado guys. Yeah. And that's kind of where the interest came from. And then, of course, that night, one of their guys left all their stuff out in their car and everything oh. got stolen on the back of their truck. Yeah. Which totally sucks. That's rough, yeah. However... Last week, 
on Facebook in Marketplace, one of their cars showed up. Really? Yep. That's- and we uh, we caught it. I sent it to to Ryan. He uh, Ryan Dietrich's one of the guys that got all the stuff taken out of the truck. Um, he forwarded it to the sheriff. The sheriff went over there and got his car. Really? Yeah. Cool. And it was Nathaniel Huntsaker's car. So he got at least one of his cars back. Yeah. Wow. So they're out there somewhere. So we just have to keep our eyes peeled. Yeah. I keep waiting for some idiot to bring one of the hobby yeah. books. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can just grab the car and be, you know, call yeah. the cops and, and just, you know, yeah. so absolutely the, not. The, not the, that guy didn't have his other stuff. Mm-mm. Nope. No radio, no nothing. It was, it was nothing. just the car itself. And, and they listed it super cheap. It was like $150. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. And, and luckily we got it before anybody else bought it. Looking at some of the other classes though, Tim Crystal comes yeah. up from Kansas city. He's a most, mostly an honored guy. He's been yeah. running nitro yeah. in sportsman and he, he won sportsman buggy in truggy nitro truggy. It was uh, Zach Van Dalen going three for three and nice. Emerson had it, man. <laughs> uh, so my son, we're right now we're racing nitro truggy and we've been trying to do 10 minute pit stops Ooh. and we can do it in practice and we did it. We did it last round and yeah. it worked out. Okay. That's how we got third. And this time we did it the first pit stop and he went out there and he was in the lead when, when the pit oh. cycle started coming through, he was in the lead and then Zach passed him. And I told, I was trying to tell him, I'm like, just let him go. Cause yeah. you're going to, you, he's got to pit one more time. Yeah. And you don't. So just let him go and try to stick to him as much as you can. And he was getting pressured for second from another, from, um, Oh, I can't remember his name now, but, Anyways, it doesn't matter because we're talking about Emerson. Anyways, <laughs> he was driving really hard and I think he used up a lot of gas yeah. and, he, and he crashed and he flipped and I think the clunk couldn't get the fuel yeah. and he ran out of gas on the track. He wasn't out of gas, but because it yeah. didn't pick it up. Too far. And so yeah. he was in second and we ended up getting fourth. If I was a good pit dad, I would have brought him in before that. I would have said, we're in second place. We're in a really good spot. I should have just brought him in. Splash and go. Instead Keep of doing ten, another 10 minute run, I should have brought him in at eight. Yeah. And just, and just been like, we're, we're right there in second, mm-hmm. yeah. but I'm still learning as a pit dad too. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, some other classes. So like sportsman e-buggy, um, Dan Gangler, Is that uh, a new car he was running. Not yet. He's no. got a low C car coming, but he, uh, he finally broke, um, Ashley McCormick streak mm-hmm. and made it a race. So <laughs> McCormick got second overall though. I mean, gosh, 200 entries and yeah. we were able to get done and we're going to do it again this, this Saturday. Not saying that I wouldn't love to have 200 entries again, but I kind of hope <laughs> yeah. not. Like I hope, it's, <laughs> I hope it's more like 160, you know, 150, something like that. We get done a little earlier. Yeah, that's kind of the normal turnout for the Techno Series, yeah. and I just can't, I can't thank people enough for wanting to come every single year. Oh yeah, you know, we're not the, we're not necessarily a big nitro track, so you know, it kind of is what it is. So uh, Will really wants to talk about Saturday, uh, ProTech uh, Carpet <laughs> Off Road Syndicate. Oh. Well, we got the time. Oh boy. Um, so last week, uh, Will got his fourth TQ and a win for the series. The previous week he didn't win. I won. You won, but he got a TQ. So it didn't matter. It's a wash for the day. I didn't gain anything on him. How many races left in series three, four, four. Yeah. Cause it's nine, nine weeks. So So it's six out of nine. Okay. Crashing's not included, right? Crashing's not included. It's its own thing. But I, I wanted to just mention that, uh, so last week we had, there's so many, there's actually quite a few tracks that are running around the Midwest at the same time. So last week we had 60 entries. The week before that we had 68. Before that we had 50. And the week before that we had like 55 or something like that. So I think, I think we have a really, and it's like last week we had, didn't have many, very many people coming from out of town. 
And I personally have never relied on out of town racers yeah. to sustain the Plex. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's not going to work because they're out of town racers travel and they travel to where there's a trophy or a series that they want to be a part of. So I don't, I never worry about that. It seems like we've got a really solid core group of yeah. about 50 to 60 entries. And I think like this last Saturday we had 60 entries. Mm-hmm. I can think of like 10 people off the top of my head that weren't there because mm-hmm. they had, they had, they either had to work or uh, something was keeping them yeah. from coming, but it wasn't racing at another place. It was just, mm-hmm. they weren't there. So yeah. we could easily have more than that. Mm-hmm. So if we ever get these guys all together on the same day, I mean, we could have a really big day, yeah. you know, really big plus. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. that's what the crash in will be. So Will, go ahead. What you go? Ahead. You know, <laughs> what's that? Tell us how you won. Like, what's your strategy during the day? Since um, we're talking about the ProTech series, I really don't have much of a strategy. I just kind of drive, like, just show up and drive my car. I re- I really haven't changed it this whole series. I really I start the day off on the tires from the main the previous round, and so I run. I try to run only like two, three minute practice runs. And then I run those tires for the bo- both first two qualifiers, and then I'll put a new set of tires on for the main. That's that's my tire strategy, and it's been working. And usually, it like makes your car a little easier to drive. You know, for the like your tires are all broken in for the qualifiers. Yeah. So that's kind of what I try to do. Like, mm-hmm. if I get enough tires, is because everybody's been out of tires. But yeah, um, <laughs> is. My, my thought is you run, you run set of tires for the two qualifiers and then you run a different one for the main. Then mm-hmm. the following week you run that main tire for the two qualifiers and then you run your qualifier tires from the last one for the main and you just yeah. try to rotate those tires. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what yeah. I do. And I ran pin downs in the, cause we haven't been able to get twin pins. Um, but actually I looked today and they're on, in stock on the website. Yeah, I saw that. So yeah. I ordered 10 pairs. Yeah, me too. But, um, uh, the Plex should be getting them here yeah. shortly. Yeah. So, uh, strategy concepts, they're, uh, they're in, in available. The yep. twin pins are available <laughs> right now. So go get them. Uh, yeah, I ran pin downs. I trim, they're a bigger tire and I just trimmed the outside, you know, like you would on an old Ifmar pin or something, the outside, uh, row on the sidewall, trim those off and I ran those and literally the lap times are the same. Yeah. So, but it's really more like the, I, I don't think that any tires faster than another one necessarily. I think that the, the swaggers up front are probably easiest to drive, um, out of all the different brands of carpet tires, just from watching other cars, like the other ones, like they're so notchy, they just mm-hmm. like bite the carpet and they're not very smooth, but it's really like you find the combination of tires you like and stick with that, yeah. you know, and the lap times are usually there. So you're winning uh mod buggy mm-hmm. after the throwouts only by three points, but it's, it's pretty much a sealed deal at this point. Is it seems that way <laughs> you'd have to have some, some major catastrophes going on in the last four weeks. Oh God. Um, but looking at 13, five wheeler, uh, Wade Garing is tied right now with Ethan Delaire. Um, Ethan's missed three weeks already. So if he misses one more, it's a mute point anyways. But, uh, uh, so Wade's been doing good. West, uh, West six t- time doesn't count because Kyle Gannon ran for him once. So I actually got to go in there and fix that. So that moves Corey Tannehill up to third. Mm-hmm. And Corey is one of the, one of the guys that really likes racing carpet, the stadium trucks, David Peebler, Todd Brewer, Wes Hicks. I mean, that's kind of who you would think three, would be yeah. at the top three mm-hmm. of that one. Expert buggy is Peebler, Garing, and John Kinzer. And, uh, Peebler, you know, he's missed two weeks so he can miss one more. But other than that, I mean, 
yeah, he's one of the guys that should be up there. I think Dan Wasik, I think Ethan Dallaire, I think um, Todd Brewer, I think those guys could have something for him if they all get here on the same day. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be a really good race. And then independent buggy. I love independent buggy because it's just regular Joe's racing. Um, no sponsorships, no nothing. It's really good to see Phil Palmer, Jacob Poteet, and Greg Noonan running. And those have been the three yeah. guys pretty much always. Is that They've, the biggest class you usually get? It's close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or yes, it is. 13.5 wheeler also yeah. um, has a lot of entries. And then Plexback, our beginner class. So Roger A. Nemec. I put A in there because there's two Roger Nemics. One is the son, one's the dad. The dad is Roger A. Um, so he gets the Fonzie treatment. And uh, so he's winning that. And then you got uh, another Noonan, Noonan, Grant Noonan, and then Ryan Noonan, the the, the youngest of the, of the, or I'm sorry, Nemic. Uh, the youngest of the Nemics is generally getting Plexpec. That's really good to see. Speaking of Plexpec, Fridays have been crazy. Uh, it started yeah. off slow this year because we had two ice storms back to back on Fridays, but the last two weeks we had 50 something and then we had 68 entries on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And that started to remind me of the old Friday nights because we were not getting done. I mean, I think they, they got done racing at like 1140, 1140 something. Yeah. They, mm. they had a D main, a plex back. They had 47 plex backers. Wow. Just a quick look at the schedule. Cause we're kind of going to get short on time here real quick. So the Techno Series this weekend, the R annual off-road carpet off-road race, the carpet off-road crash in is the 21st, 22nd of this month. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you haven't signed up yet and you want to come, please go online and do yeah. so because I'm ordering trophies next week. The on-road series is this Sunday. Yep. Uh, Dirt Oval is the 23rd. Then we got Friday off-road on the 14th and 28th. The ProTech Series is back on the 15th. And then on Leap Year, Leap Day, we get that extra Saturday yeah. in. That's a, So that's awesome. And then uh, we got drone racing at the Plex, which I didn't include last time, and I totally forgot, and I promised I would get it in yeah. there. They do every other week. So drone racing on Thursday nights, it's, it's tiny whoop racing. It's on the 13th and the 27th. Yeah. And then I was looking into it, and just uh, for you flyers out there, uh, the next Omaha Omaha's meeting isn't until Friday, uh, Friday in March sometime. I, I guess we missed the last one. I tried to get info on it today, and it was kind of difficult to find. So if we get Brick Sessions in here next time, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll talk to him about yeah. it. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you have one? It looks like we've got very little time for questions, but we'll try to get him in. There was one question that, I've, that I read that I was like, you know, that's a really good question. How does the Plex go about getting a large sanctioned race? And has there been any conversation about creating an annual big race, i.e. the CRCRC championships, or are the series races more successful? This is from Jason Haley. He's an honored guy. Mm-hmm maybe we don't do a good enough job promoting our races because we already have a big race kind of like the series. Yeah. It's our hobby flex spring champs that happens at the end of yeah. April. Well, that's something I talked about earlier. I, I kind of want to try to get back to that for the on-road. We want to do something, but yeah, it's finding October. Yeah. Finding a good date October. where mm-hmm. it doesn't con- conflict with other stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, the other big part of it is finding if, if we just do it on our own or if we can try to find a sponsor of some right. sort, that's more difficult nowadays than it used to be. But, uh, getting a good date and just making sure that we can get it started. I think that's the main thing. If we, usually if you get it going early and it, it builds itself, the sponsors are easier to find. Getting it started is a little tougher. Hey, pass me a kickstart. The sanction thing is not really that difficult. What's difficult about like getting a roar race yeah. is after you get the race. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of prep that goes into it. When we, to get a sanctioned race, like a, like a Royal regional, it's not that hard. Actually, regionals are really regionals easy. Regionals are easier. But a national event, it's tough because 
when, after you, if you're awarded the race, then you got to figure out, okay, how in the world am I going to actually make this work? Because there's a lot of work that goes into it. So then you have to start finding people that can help. Uh, yeah. cause you, cause you're, you're required to supply people for tech. Yeah. You need help personally. If you're going to be out there on the track, building the whole thing, you yep. need people to clean because the place is usually messy. You know, yeah. we're trying to make it look the best when we get people yeah. in there. So it's, it's, uh, you basically go about it by, uh, when, when, when Roar calls for what's bids, 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 for the races, there we go. Yeah. When Roar calls for bids, you put it in there. Most of the time we've gotten them cause we're yeah. the hobby plex and it's pretty easy to know that we've, we've knocked it out of the park every time we've done it, at least on our end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 2016 is probably our best one. That's the 10 scale off-road Nats. Yeah. We had like 300 cent entries. All the tires were branded. Nobody had to worry about that. Yep. Every, there was, there was pit space, even though it looked like we were running out, we made it work. The track was really fun. It was buttloads of traction. You know, everybody could see everything. Yeah. I think that was a good one. Uh, the 2018 e-buggy Nats, it was pretty easy to do because there's no real tire work or anything with that yeah. one. Yeah. You know, the onward one requires us to have handout or control tires. Yeah, and that's, tires. that's one of the hardest parts yeah. is to get all that lined up and, and get it ready to go. It's a lot of work, which is why you don't see us try to do it every year. Yeah. Way more involved than people realize. Yes. Way, <laughs> way more involved. So. Yeah. And I mean, our spring race, you know, we used to have title sponsors for that and we've kind of just branded it as the Hobbyplex race. So I don't know if like maybe people don't notice it as much because it doesn't have a title sponsor, but yeah, you, I, I don't know, but, but I mean, that, that's our big, big uh, shindig for. Yeah. We're always open to have a title sponsor for it, but yeah. we don't necessarily have to, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it, it's just, I'm, I'm always trying to keep it in the exact same spot. It's always at the yeah. end of April, no yeah. matter what, unless it's Easter, then it's the week before the end of April, yeah. you know? So good question from Jason Haley. I hope that answers it. I, Trevor Zelaney asked if we could make a slash spec class and he's the race director for Friday night. So yeah. I told him, I said, dude, do you're it. the race director. Just say you're going to have one <laughs> and then go and promote it. That's yeah. what you got to do. You know, it's so what happened with X max is what last summer Mitchell just put missile question mark. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> and I don't, is he asking a question or is, <laughs> is I, that still his name? Is that still his name? <laughs> Yes, Mitchell, you are still the missile. <laughs> I think he's always going to be the missile. <laughs> you never, Regardless you never of whether that. or not he doesn't hit people anymore when he's driving. Or oh, he's still it, yeah. Yeah, he's still it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here's one for here. We'll do another one real quick for, for Will. Will, this is a perfect question for you. Okay. Uh, any advice on shock rebuilds at the Plex during summer, being that pits are air-conditioned and the temps can vary a lot between tracks and pits? Uh, is this a simple rebleeding fix, or how do you do that? Um, who's asking? Jason Haley again. Okay. What I do, and I, I've done this a few different times, is I'll fill my shocks up with oil. I have I, I have the, uh, you know, your shock stand or whatever you're going to use. And I take them out and I uh, sit them on the, um, on, or the oval, um, the oval uh, driver's stand. I'll sit them out there and let them sit for about 15 minutes and let them like acclimate. And then I'll build them there and bleed them. And then I take them inside. And the, the difference is, is you're not, you know, you'd have to rebleed your shocks. Um, ideally, like when you're out there, you know, um, so the, the, the difference is, is your shocks are already acclimated to that when you build them. So, I mean, you feel different when you go out there and it's a hundred thousand degrees, you know, it's hot mm-hmm. and you go into the air conditioning, you feel different. Well, you're, Shocks are the most sensitive thing on your car. You know, it's not a 1500 pound stock car. 
Um, it's a little 10 scale car, you know, that a millimeter Ballstead make washer makes a huge difference. So, um, I mean, just the, that's just what I do. And, um, yeah, I mean, as far as consistency goes, and I, I actually learned that at the um, 2016. Yes, Ronex. I was going to say the first time yeah. I ever saw mm-hmm. that, because I, I always thought there could be a difference between our humidity filled 100, de- not 100 degree, but when it gets really hot out, it can be pretty, pretty mm-hmm. intense in there. But I, I Cody Numendal was building his tires at, shocks. at, at or, yeah, was building his shocks at, I think the, the, the last summer series before the Nats when they were there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are you doing that? And he's yeah. like, well, because it's different temperature. And he was like, idiot. Like, yes. <laughs> no. It, it, and I felt stupid too. Cause I asked Brent, I was like, well, how come you're doing that? And he was like, well, you feel different when you're out there. Right. Well, your shocks are. So it's yeah. just a consistency thing. And I've just always done that. You always want to build. And Brent said, Brent Telke, he said, you always want to build your shocks where you race. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've done that, you know, ever since then. And I haven't. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I'm, but I'm, I haven't I'm, said anything. I'm a hack. So <laughs> whatever. I don't want to let, I don't want to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's finish her up then. Um, thanks for the questions, uh, Jason Haley and the rest of you guys. Uh, a couple of them, I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to answer that. It doesn't really matter. Will, where are you going this weekend? I'm going to uh, INS tw- or 10. It's the Jane Concepts Indoor Nationals series in St. Louis at Team Velocity RC. Yeah, and we're you're, leaving. You're signed up for two-wheel and four-wheel mod? Yep, two-wheel and four-wheel okay. drive modified. Um, my four-wheel drive is ready to go, and my two-wheel drive is ready to go. I just got to mount some more tires, taking down three sets of silvers for both cars and three sets of gold compound mm-hmm. tires for both cars. And should be good. I heard that they just run uh, PB Blaster neat, nothing special on yep. their tires down there, and works pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm, we're going, uh, a group of us, me, Kyle Gannon, I believe his wife and his uh, daughter are going to go race. They run the, uh, novice class, uh, Kyle runs, he runs a 40 plus modified regular open modified 13, five, four wheel drive. And he's going to run stock two wheel, I believe. Mm. So he's, he's an iron busy. man, but <laughs> that doesn't um, sound like fun at all to me. No, running uh, four classes. <laughs> He Sounds does like it, man. Lot. He does really good I too. Know. But uh, him, him and I are going. Andy Lachance is going to come with us. Him and I work together. I actually sold him his first raceable RC car a long time ago, Hobby Town. And um, Wade Goring is going. Wade's going. Wade's going. Wow. And, um, a new guy, uh, Josh Shoemaker, is. Oh yeah, that's going. a big group of Omaha yeah. guys. That's and, awesome. Yeah, he uh, he hit me up like a week ago, maybe a week ago. He was like, "What's what's that race you're going to?" told him about it and he's like do you think i could go i mean do you think i'd be okay to go or you know i was like dude just go down there and learn something yeah, like yeah. it's a good time we all start like i remember the first big races i went to i wasn't setting oh, yeah. alien speed records so I just gotta go and have a good time so tim you're just going back to work yeah yeah that's what we do we just go back to work <laughs> no. uh, you got a man in the store while the techno series is going on while that's i'm right. downstairs long weekend. well i got, still work and then you've got uh and then you got to sunday uh, onward series this Sunday. Sunday yeah. Uh, winter series on Sunday. We got our, uh, Wednesday night. We do our uh, ETRL Euro truck racing league. Oh, is that Once this a Sunday? Month. That's this Wednesday. Is this Wednesday? Uh, next Wednesday. Oh, next After Wednesday. This, yeah. Okay. Cause I was like, oh yeah. man, I want to race yeah. my car. Yeah. 
And then for myself, uh, you can catch me, of course, at the store, but also now on YouTube uh, Thursday nights. You can catch Hobbyplex After Hours. <laughs> that's at 9 p.m. Central. After uh, Hours. Yeah, that's a cool name. It's uh, <laughs> it's my live stream uh, that I do. I'll be working on something. I'm, hopefully, it'll be a B6.2, but uh, if not, yeah. I'll find something to do. Um, but I've been usually on there for about an hour, hour and a half. And then, um, uh, and then of course we do the rest of our shows on, on YouTube. What's new Wednesday on Wednesdays. And, yeah. and uh, I'll probably take some video of the, of the dirt track just to show what the techno series layout is going to be and all that. So that's it. I know we went a little bit over time, but, uh, I don't think they care that this quarter, Whatever. <laughs> uh, we had a lot to talk about, so we got it in. All right. Well, we appreciate Will and Tim for, for being here with us, uh, as always here at the hobby plug show. Thanks to Weberized for uh, hooking us up with the gear so that we can get on the air. So. That's it. That's all we got. Thanks for tuning in. 